1: Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're webcasting to you live from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders headquarters in Tarzana, California. Welcome. It's Tuesday. We're thrilled to be here. Back in 2014. Oh, it's just like it it still seems like a weird thing to be able to say, but so excited about this week and about this month. You know, this entire month we're calling it Blog Ah Rama, A U Rama, uh, because we really want to feature some of the amazing blogs that are out there that have some connection to the autism community whether it's that the individual who is writing it is on the spectrum or they're a parent or a teacher practitioner or there's some element it doesn't have to all be about autism right but there is some connection to the autism community and so thrilled that we're kicking that off today with one of my favorite bloggers Uh, Liz Becker is going to be with us a little bit later on in this hour she is the author of The World According to Matt which is a blog and now a book which is a fabulous, fabulous thing. And we hope that you're going to want to check out both of those things, the blog and the book. But you'll want to be here with us with, with Liz a little bit later on. Liz has been on the show before, and she is one of those remarkable pioneer women who, when I think about uh, the people who had their children diagnosed with autism more than 10 years ago and what that was like for them. And uh, you know, I've, I've said before that you know it's that following the footsteps in the snow that we've been so so lucky, those of us who had our children diagnosed later on, because we could follow in their footsteps. Well, Liz is one of those amazing trailblazers who led the path for us, so we're very excited to have her with us a little bit later on. But first of all, I want to welcome you to the show. If you've not been here before, this entire show is meant to be interactive. We like to look at autism from a 360-degree perspective with no judgments, right? This is a big, beautiful spectrum, all kinds of people with all kinds of ability on this spectrum, and it's not just, uh, I would just say, it's not just the parents and it's not just the individuals who's on this who are on the spectrum although we welcome those two areas of people um, but you know the parent, the grandparents the aunts the uncles the practitioners people who are, are working with these individuals we welcome all of you because uh, this takes a community yes to create progress that we all want to see for all of us and and that's really what we talk about here there are endless amounts of topics to cover but we hope that you will interact with us and tell us the kinds of things that you want to see covered here on the show so Emily's gonna cycle through some of the different ways that you can get in touch with. Us, I'm going to remind you that if you go to our home page which is www.autism-live.com you can watch the live show there by clicking on the the computer screen there's a little triangle there or you can watch the most recently recorded live show there but you can also interact with us 24 hours a day 7 days a week there's a long skinny white box that's there put your cursor there type away hit enter and it shows up almost in real time here on my screen so especially when we're live you and I can have a conversation in almost real time and you can be asking questions of our experts that's a really particularly important thing because look autism is expensive. There's no way to gloss over that, right? Um, And when you're looking to get help and support, you want to use your dollars wisely. So if we can help you to get some information for free, and by the way, everything here on this show, all the things that we talk about, we talk about for free, all of your access to this show and to the experts that we have on the show for free, um, including all the different ways that this show podcasts so that you can be watching it. If you can't watch it live, there's no need to worry because you can catch the entire show uh, on things like Blip TV and YouTube or iTunes, but you can also catch highlights too. Really want to encourage you to go to our YouTube page while you're there, subscribe so that you know uh, the different things that are happening, and you can see highlight reel or just. Put in keywords like say I want to see all the things that you've got to do about teens getting jobs, or all the things having to do with toilet training, or all the things having to do with how do I talk to my teacher and get the best results uh, while I'm talking to the teacher. All of those things available for you. We've done over 400 and some shows now, so they're <laughs> two hours apiece. There's there's information available to you. We hope that you'll participate. Tell us where what we're missing because heaven knows we haven't covered it all yet. Uh, I'll be like, you know, dying and gasping and saying, no, we've got more to cover. There's more things to talk about, right? Uh, Anyway, I don't know. I'm feeling very dramatic today. Anyway, we like to start every morning with reminding you, first of all, that I am not an expert in autism. I'm an autism parent. So, uh, that's where I'm coming from. My son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. He is now ten and a half. This week literally marks the eight year anniversary of when we walked into that doctor's office, uh, and she said the word autism. People ask me why, when I write, do I put autism with a capital A? I know it's not grammatically correct, but on that day, it was very clear to me when she said autism, it was with a capital letter. You know what I'm saying? Um, We've had quite the journey. We've been so lucky so incredibly lucky, and if I ever forget that, I have people around me to remind me how lucky I am. Oh, look, I'm getting the clumped already. But in any case, um... I want you to be as lucky as you can be, too. I want you to have access, and I want you to get answers to the questions that you have. So that's why I'm here every day, to pay that forward, the luck that I had, and hope that you get the answers and the support that you need to do what you need to do on this big, beautiful autism spectrum. So, uh, but uh, again, we have experts here, but I'm, you know, far... (laughs) Someday I I will be an expert in something, maybe washing dishes, I don't know. Um, But I'm here for the ride with you to learn and to grow, and I do on a daily basis, and I hope that you do too. So one of the things that we do to grow is that every morning we share jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym, and we try to make sense of it. And we will cycle through jargon. I love, somebody wrote into us on Facebook the other day and said, hey, there's a term that I want you to include because I'm just not getting it. And so we're going to be asking Dr. Shea, uh about that jargon term, because I want to get it right out the gate, uh, so we're going to ask her that tomorrow. But if you have terms that you, just, you hear on a regular basis and you say, I just don't get it, please let us know and we'll add it into the mix. But we will go back over these terms, because I don't know about you, sometimes it takes me two, three, and four times before I really get it. So if you find yourself frustrated sometimes because you think, okay, she explained it, I still don't get it, uh, you're not alone, you are not alone, my friend. Um, okay, and at different times of the year, it's really important that we just we talk and refresh our memory of what these things are, because some of the terms we're not going to use every day. So. Hopefully today's term we won't use every day, uh, but it is a part of our everyday once our kids are school age. So our term today is IEP. Uh, we always like to give you the actual definition and then give you a somewhat you know user friendly version that may not be a hundred percent correct, but gives you an entree into understanding what in the heck are they talking about. Uh, So IEP, what does that mean? It's an individualized education program or plan, depending on where you are in the world, where you are in the United States. Some people call it program, some people call it plan. But the main thing is that you understand it's an individualized education programmer plan. It is a federally mandated legal document that details education goals for a specific child within the specific within the special education sp- uh, scope every child is not entitled to an IEP so when you walk into a public school and you see all the kids that are lining up to do whatever they're not all entitled to an IEP most kids are subject to the curriculum that is set up and now we have the core curriculum here in the United States so that all kids will be responsible for learning the same amount of information and it's not just the kids right the people who work with the kids are responsible for making sure that they learn that curriculum and if they don't they're supposedly fired. I know. It doesn't always work out that way. But by the way, the teachers who go above and beyond don't always get rewarded, right? Former teacher. Um, So, uh, in any case, though, an IEP, you have to have some sort of a diagnosis to qualify for it. Uh, In different states, there are different criteria. Um, But autism is One of many reasons that you can qualify for an individualized education program. Do you want your child to have an IEP? Well, if you want, for people to look at your child as an individual? Yes, you do. And and that's exactly what it does. It individualizes their education program. It means that you can color outside the lines, which is sometimes exactly what our kids need. So let's take a look at our working definition here. Individualized education program, a written plan to educate a child with special needs that must be followed. And this is really the key here, is that, you know, People tend to get upset around IEP time because there's a lot at stake. Because it is a legal document, it specifies that all the people who work with your children must be working on very specific things. So if at the beginning of the year you say, um, you sit down with a team, and it really is supposed to be a team that you're included on, and you say, here are the goals, and they say, here are the goals that we have, and you agree on them or you put forth goals, it can work both ways. Um, and, And you can do both simultaneously, but you agree at some point, you agree by signing off on it and saying, this is what I agree that we're working on for my child for this year. Um, and if you what you really want is for your child to be having conversation, there has to be either a goal in there that works towards that or defines what that goal is, otherwise the school is not responsible for working on it. And if it is in there, whether it's hard or easy, they are responsible for working on it and responsible for being accountable if the goals aren't achieved. So sometimes, you know, I mean, I I certainly have had the experience where we got more done in a year than other years. Uh, And it isn't always that the teacher is better, whatever, because they're supposed to be following that IEP. And by the way, if they don't, you have legal recourse and they know it. Uh, You have to use it. But it is, it is a th- the hammer that you hold over people's head later in the year saying, you must do this. I don't care if it's hard. You have to do it. And if you can't do it, then you have to explain why you can't. So the IEP really is the roadmap for a successful year or a mediocre year. Um, and that's why we all get a little tense around IEP time. Um, I, I wanted to have this as the, the phrase for today because some we are moving into IEP season and um, most people start to get their IEP invitations in March or in April, but we want to start getting prepared. If we're prepared, whether you're a teacher or a parent, if we're prepared, the IEP is going to go better, which means next year will be that much better. And we're also going to be pushing to have the IEPs upheld this year, right? Okay. so IEP, Individualized Education Program or Plan, Okay. Uh, Moving on, we always have a question of the day for you. Our question today—and, you know, we're we're at the beginning of the year. We asked you last week about New Year's resolutions. So today I want to know from you, if you could change one thing, what would it be? and no holds barred on this one. So it could be something you change in yourself, something you change in the world, something you change in your child, something you change in your spouse. What if there's just one thing, if you could only change one thing and you had the infinite power to be able to change it, what would it be? Uh, Oh, it's so open-ended. You know, I, I go, oh, would I choose this? Would I choose that? Would I choose this? I think if I were to have to choose right now this morning, I would make a federal mandate that all individuals with autism had access to quality ABA. That's what I would do today. I would, I would make that a reality, and then I would breathe a huge sigh and wait for the avalanche of issues that would come in, you know, on the heels of that. But that's what I would change today, give every—level that playing field, give everybody access, and then we can sort it all out, right? Uh, but I'd love to hear from you what would you change if you could change one thing today? What would it be? Uh, all right, so moving on we always have a topic of the week our topic this entire week is is about getting support in all the different ways that that can come, Um, you know, in all the different ways that you need support. Is it that you need a babysitter occasionally so that you can go on a date with your significant other? Is it that you need somebody who will listen to you and not be judgmental when you say, some days I don't feel like I can do this, right? Um, Is it that you need the financial support? I mean, because I think all of us need all of these things, right? So where do we get support from? Who do we get it from? How do we get it? How do we ask appropriately? How do we ask specifically for the things we want? We're going to be talking about that all week long. Some of the different things that we're going to be uh, talking about today, Alex Plank is here from wrongplanet.net. We're really excited to welcome him back to the show in 2014. And I specifically am going to be talking with him today. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but one of the things I promised him that I was going to ask him is, where do teenagers go to connect and make friends and meet other people and socialize? So Alex is going to be here with us to talk about that. I mentioned that Liz Becker, wonderful autism blogger mom and blogger author, Uh, autism author and blogger author uh, from the World According to Matt will be here with us just a little bit later on in the hour and I'm not sure if Matt Asner is going to be with us. I still hadn't heard this morning. We put him on the schedule. I'm thinking he's not going to be here but we have lots to cover including our healthy eating tip this morning. Uh, We're going to be talking about what to have in the pantry for because it's flu season. It's coming. I know a lot of you are already sick and some of you are afraid of getting sick. What to have in the pantry when you've got kids on the spectrum people on the spectrum to make sure that everybody gets healthy stays healthy and gets healthy again as quick as possible you're gonna love these tips so all of this and much more stick with us we'll be back after these messages
2: when you find out you're having a boy you always think like oh he's gonna play football he's gonna do this and that
3: and then when he's diagnosed all those things get washed away It's like that piece that's always in the back of your mind, you know? Where is he? What is he doing? Is he safe? We really didn't know what we were dealing with. I wish that they could have directed me a little bit more and provided me some information. I was a
2: young mom. I didn't know what it was like to raise a boy, despite a boy with autism.
4: Hundreds of thousands of families are not getting the help they need for their children with autism all around the country. ACT today is determined to bridge the gap. These families really have to go through a lot to get a grant. The application process isn't easy. The records, the diagnosis proof, they're really battling for their kids. So when we can give them a grant, it is so wonderful to see that they succeed in getting that help for their children. Our founder, Dr. Dorian Grampuche, is an amazing woman and she is one of the world's foremost authority on behavior of children with autism she's extremely knowledgeable and she oversees every single grant we give she is part of that process People may think of autism care and treatment as simply schooling or therapy, but, you know, we provide important safety supports, things like fencing, for example. The whole family's living in fear of that child running out into traffic. I recently delivered an iPad to a little boy with some of the apps that are out there for children with autism. Miracles happen. I got the iPad from Act.
5: From act. What yeah. did it say? Can you repeat that, Dustin? My God, I act.
4: We have helped so many military families. And when I think of these brave families that are fighting two battles, one to protect our country, and one for the right treatment and care for their children, it, it breaks my heart. And I think we have to do more as a nation to help them.
2: There's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't think about it. Some people say,
4: oh, he's normal.
2: You don't see the battles that I see every single day. My husband does have to deploy and when they get on that bus, that might be the last
3: time that my kids ever see them. So, I called and they informed me that
6: he had received the grant, which was like a blessing from above. I was
7: just like speechless. I just started to cry
8: because you know, without it, we would we would have been lost.
7: The act grant was a total miracle and without that They wouldn't be able to receive a service dog, so we're so appreciated what they've done for us
8: as a family.
4: Recently, ACT Today funded a program for military children with autism in San Diego, the Inclusion Films program, which is run by Joey Travolta, and teaches uh, kids on the autism spectrum literal filmmaking skills. They learn how to make a movie. Are we ready? There you go, got it.
9: Everything that
0: goes into the process of making a film goes into everyday life. So they're learning life skills, they're learning to collaborate.
8: It was really nice to know how much they were enjoying this camp.
3: And they're with people who are supporting them and are making them feel great about themselves and their differences and their similarities. And I get two kids that are
4: working together and apart and together and apart. So it's an interrelationship as well as a camp and a learning experience. It's so fulfilling when I get letters. One stands out for me, a a boy who was 14 with Asperger's, and we gave him a grant to go to a drama camp. He wrote to us and said, Dear Act Today, thank you for letting me belong for the first time in my life. These kids are remarkable. You know, we underestimate them. They're so knowledgeable, they're so capable, and we can change the life of a family, which means changing the life of the community.
1: Welcome back. It's flu. Stuff. things that you can put in your pantry that can help you when it hits all of a sudden, whether it's you that ends up with the flu or somebody else who's a little bit smaller in the family. There are two things that I really want to recommend that you keep on hand, and they're non-perishable for a very long time. Okay, so the first one is—and I, I murder the name of this always, but— uh, <laughs> <laughs> o- you can find this in most stores, even grocery stores have it now. This is a homeopathic uh, drug that you can take. They sell it over-the-counter. Uh, it, it, what it is, it comes in little vials, it's a little—they're uh, granules, and you stick them underneath your tongue. You can put it underneath a child's tongue so you don't have to worry about them swallowing. You just pour them underneath their tongue and you let them dissolve there. And this really helps, if you, if you read it, it helps with body aches, headache. Fever, chills, fatigue, it is amazing. I use this with my child, and it really uh, makes a superlative difference. And there are other things that you can get from the doctor that I, I, you know, I'm frightened to give my child. This, I'm not at all frightened. And by the way, you can give this while you're giving other medicines. You don't have to, you know, that schedule of, oh, I gave this, do I have to wait two hours? This is incredibly safe, and you can give it to very small children. Make sure you read the directions and follow the directions, but this is a great thing to keep in your pantry forever. Everybody. And then, of course, we know that with the flu, one of the biggest things that we have to be careful of is that we don't get dehydrated. And there are lots of things that are available on the market, but of course, a lot of them come with artificial colors and flavors and sugars and things like that, and they're not necessarily organic. But this uh, is Recharge. This is a great thing to do. It is the equivalent of a sports drink, but it's also the equivalent of some of those um, drinks that we give babies that are, um, you know, appropriate for when they're sick. So this can take the place of both of those. It's organic in this flavor. This is organic lemon. It uses lemon juice, so it tastes good. You're not going to have them gagging and sputtering and coughing and throwing it up. It tastes good, and it builds the electrolytes back up. and it's organic. So having these two things in the cabinet and knowing that on that day when you need them, you don't have to run out to the store. The other thing that I recommend having in uh, your freezer is some sort of popsicle. What we do at home is get fruit juice and we freeze them in our BPA-free popsicle stick makers um, so that we have that on hand because you never know when you're gonna have that sore throat happening and needing to rehydrate a child in a slow way without having them, again, throw up so these two things and whatever kind of popsicle your child will eat great things to have in the cabinet because it's flu season we're gonna take a break and we're gonna be back with Alex Plank. don't go anywhere
2: skills is an online program that provides assessment curriculum positive behavior support planning for challenging behavior and progress tracking, and it does this all in one place. The Skills Assessment and Curriculum addresses eight areas of development, which even includes advanced higher-level areas, such as executive functions and cognition, which pretty much makes Skills the only A-B-based set of curricula for teaching more complex skills, things like problem-solving, planning, self-management, perspective-taking, and even inferring and predicting others' private events. Skills is a four-step system. Step one is to add the child to your account. Step two is to start assessment. The skills assessment is the only ABA-based assessment with psychometric research, demonstrating the language subscale to have excellent reliability. Every area of human functioning and typical child development from infancy to adolescence was researched, making the skills assessment the most comprehensive of its kind in the world, and we're quite proud of that.
8: Skills is easy to use. Simply click Start Assessment and begin answering questions. Or simply type in a keyword, find specific activities to assess, and add activities to treatment. Step three, choose activities. Once you've completed the assessment, Skills selects from a pool of 4,000 activities categorized by age, level, and skill type to provide you with exactly those activities each child needs. Start by choosing a curriculum then a lesson, and finally an activity. Click the information icon to view prerequisites, ages in which targets develop, examples, and IEP goals. Click the video icon to watch a short video. Once you've identified an activity you want to teach, adding activities to treatment is a snap. Step four, start treatment. Here you can access customizable activity lesson details, add your own customized targets and exemplars, and edit an activity status such as introducing or mastering it. You can even print handouts such as worksheets, tracking forms, visual aids, and other materials. Skills also offers multiple progress charts mapping curriculum progress, lesson progress, and cumulative number of activities and targets mastered over time. The skills language curriculum is categorized by verbal behavior type so that users can identify progress for verbal operants, such as echoics, mans, tax, and interverbals.
2: Skills is one of the only programs that provides the ability to write Behavior Intervention Plans, or BIPs, for challenging behavior.
8: With just a few clicks, the outline of the Behavior Intervention Plan is written for you and ready to be printed and implemented.
2: You can learn more about Skills today and get started by visiting us at www.skillsforautism.com or you can call us at 877-975-4559. Skills. Progress
3: starts here.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live, we're thrilled that we have with us in the studio right now Alex Plank, founder of wrongplanet.net. Alex, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. So thrilled to have you here in 2014, I haven't seen you since before the holidays, so did you have a good time during the holidays? Yes, I did, I had a great time. Did you do anything really exciting?
10: Really exciting? Well, just sort of standard holiday things.
1: Yeah? You, you stayed here. You didn't travel. I did. I stayed here. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles in, uh, for the holidays is its own little trip. Uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it could be very. Now I thought it was a little cold over the holidays, but people. New back— New Year's be... was cool. I like that. Yeah. What most. did you do for New Year's? I did a few things. I actually ended up staying up the entire night. Did you? Yeah. I saw one of your posts the next morning. You uh, w- watched the sunrise. Is that right? Oh yeah.
10: Right? We, there's a whole party and there's a bunch of people there and. Yeah, I posted some pictures of just people from the party and me and some of my friends and stuff. So Awesome. So you had on a Facebook. good time. Yeah, it was great. And there was an amazing view. We were up in the Hollywood Hills at yeah. this uh, party. And yeah, the sun sunrise was, was absolutely beautiful, a great start to 2014 for and, sure.
1: And do you have big plans for 2014? Oh yeah, I have big plans for every year. Yeah, anything you want to share with the audience at home about, that's in particular on your agenda for 2014?
10: Well, the new site will be up
1: this year. Yeah, for wrongplanet.net. Mm-hmm. Um, and some new features on that that are particularly exciting?
10: Yeah, there's, it's uh, going to be completely revised and done from the ground up, so it'll be uh, more efficient, it'll okay. be faster, it'll look cooler. We already have the designs finished, so you can see what they look like already uh-huh. but uh it's not implemented but once it's implemented it'll be great okay i mean it's great now
1: but yeah absolutely wrongplanet.net amazing amazing site We're that really you trying created
10: to promote the idea of sharing their creativity and sharing articles and making it easier for people to write articles for the site and post them cool. on the site and put Love them on the that. Front page and get a lot of viewers of that i mean most of our traffic i think comes to the the community yeah you know, 80,000 plus members now. Yeah.
1: it's really remarkable uh, and, a, and a great site for everybody to visit. If you haven't been to wrongplanet.net, uh, something that you need to do uh, early and often because uh, you'll learn a lot while you're there. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Alex a question about what can teens do, where can teens go to connect with other people? So stick with us.
9: Hi guys, welcome back to Smarty. It's January and a whole new year has gone by. To commemorate that Autism Live and Smarty have decided to give you a template to make your very own time capsule. The materials you'll be needing are glue, a jar, photos, keepsakes, pen, and a template you can print from facebook.com autismlive. Here's the template that I've printed out from our Facebook page. Depending on the skill of your child, they can do this independently, or you're gonna help them fill out all the questions. Once you have finished filling out the time capsule sheet, I've left two spaces on the top, one for a school photo, one for a family photo. Feel free to glue an image there. Now that I've glued the photos onto my sheet, now I'm going to grab my jar and start filling it up with all the things I would want to remember from the year that just passed. I would say include photos, mementos, toys, things that are going to be really important to you at this time and moment that you'll be excited to see later in the future. Once you're done filling up your jar with all the things that were important to you for the year 2013, you're going to want to seal it up. And it's up to you for how long you want to keep it locked up. Time capsules are a great way to remember where you have been and where you're going. So, I hope you really enjoy this activity, and until next time, crap on, guys.
7: Can
1: you see me flying by your side? Welcome back to Autism Live. We're here with Alex Plank, founder of and creator of WrongPlanet.net, yes. and we promised that we were going to have Alex answer the question, where can teens go? What can they do to make friends and and practice socializing? Well, the
10: first place that I would recommend is WrongPlanet.net. I started the site when I was a teen and I literally didn't know anyone else on the autism spectrum. So I created this website to find others like me and it grew and and not only is it for teenagers but if you're a teenager there are a ton of teenagers on there as well um, all ages actually um, kids through adults and I think that you can first of all have a social outlet online and that's helpful you know chatting online chatting in the chat room going on the discussion forums But in addition, you might be able to meet up with other people in your area, especially if you live in a bigger city, it would be pretty easy to find someone else who lives in your area. And if you can't find anyone on there, or if you want to, you probably will. So uh, if you want to add to that and find even more friends, you can maybe join a club for something that you're interested in. That seems like pretty obvious advice, but I think uh, a lot of people are afraid of joining clubs because of the social anxiety Mm -hmm. but the problem is that if you don't try you're never going to make any friends you're just going to have worse anxiety so just treat friends making friends as a activity that you know you either even if you're not successful in the short term you might be learning skills that'll make you successful in the long term so don't get discouraged that's what I would say.
1: OK. And when you were a teen, did you join clubs? Did that work for you? Oh, yeah. I
10: joined a lot of clubs. I was uh, in a band. I uh-huh. played music. Uh, I was interested in computer science, so I was uh-huh. tried to seek out people who were also uh, computer geeks. Uh-huh. And that helped me a lot.
1: And were you also in the drama club?
10: Oh, yeah. I was also joined drama. Surprisingly, it's a very good place for people with autism because I Absolutely. found that people in drama were, were very accepting of differences and didn't even seem to think twice about it, and a lot of them, I think, might have been on the spectrum. And a great
1: place to try things out, too, that, like, there's, there's some... Yes, it's great
10: for social skills, because you, you have a script, so you don't have to think about what to say, all you have to think about is how to act. Right. Which is a good way to learn how to act, and then when you actually do have to think about what to say, maybe you might make it easier for you to act, to do the body language that you learned in the eye contact, if you're... ALREADY PRACTICED DOING THAT IN AN ENVIRONMENT WHERE IT'S EASIER.
1: SPECTACULAR. WELL, WE'RE GOING TO TAKE A BREAK, AND I FEEL I... Well, actually, uh, you know, we can continue talking about this. We've got some time. We so can. Yes, we do. My clock is in a different place, so I'm a little discombobulated at the They're moment. you we have not a watch. I, no, I never wear a watch. Why? I'm allergic to so many things. Are you I can't, allergic to watches? I'm allergic to watches. If it has any nickel on it or if it's, uh, been, if it's leather and been tanned with certain things, I can't wear it. So I'm I'm addicted to my clock nickel? on the wall. Yeah, I'm allergic to nickel. Well, then why don't you just wear a watch that's made out of something else? It's hard to find watches that are made out of other things. They How make watches they, out of yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but depending on what kind of gold, some gold has nickel in it, so you have to get specific kinds. Right. And, yes, and then once you buy it and then you find out, oh, I have a reaction to it, uh, it's hard for me. So I tend yeah. to be somebody, I'm one of those people now that loves, I'm addicted to my phone and checking the time on my phone, And uh, but we're, I just checked on our iPad, we have a little bit of time. So uh, in terms of when you were a teenager, because I think, you know, one of the great things that uh, I love is having you in my life that I can say, you know, is is coming to an age and I can ask you things and say Alex what do you think about this and you know I'm sure there are many parents that are out there that would love to hear your experience of when you were a teenager um you know I, I, I well, imagine I mean, when
10: I was a teenager it was really hard to make friends I I really was depressed when I tried to go to school it was really hard I never was able to make friends so I think that that's one area that gets better as you get older. And I yeah. think a lot of parents think that it's always going to be like this, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, I gradually got better at making friends, and now I think I'm pretty good at making friends.
1: Yeah. I've, I've watched you uh, meet people for the first time, and you do very well. I think you do better Thank than you. I do. Thank um, you. I'll be honest with you. I think that you're more socially adept than most of the rest of us. Honestly,
10: uh, you know— Well, I-, I think that part of the fact—part of the reason you might think that is that it, I've studied it so much that maybe I've gotten to a point where it took me so long to learn it that I've actually gotten better at it than some people without autism. In certain situations, I still struggle with a lot of different areas, but in some situations it's very easy for me.
1: Yeah, I don't know anybody who doesn't struggle with some things socially, though. But you know, that— how? yeah, most people are
10: shy, I think, at least a little bit, and a lot of people have social anxiety, not necessarily— just people on the spectrum so there's a whole range of issues that people face that you know out there and and you know i give talks and a parent yeah. will come up and someone who's not a parent who's not on the spectrum but they have a kid they're like well that was hard for me too yeah like when i was a kid and it's yeah. like yeah it's hard for everyone so i think yeah. a lot of times people with autism want perfection and that is why they get frustrated in these situations where most people would just sort of brush off right. a, f- quote, failure right. in a social situation. Uh, someone with autism would
1: focus on that and yeah. wonder why for a while. Yeah. Did you happen to watch the Golden Globes on Sunday? No. There was a moment when um, Amy Poehler played like a 15-year-old boy for a couple of seconds. She was pretending to be Tina Fey's son, her 14- or 15-year-old son, and he came out and he was very socially awkward And because she was playing a 14- or 15-year-old boy, and it, not a 14- or 15-year-old boy on the spectrum, and it reminded me, oh, you know, all boys at that age are a little socially awkward. Um, uh, my mother used had an expression about you know so and so hasn't been fetched up. Fetched that was,
10: up. Fetched what does that up.
1: Mean? You have to be grown up, and they, at a certain point, you get to the point where you understand these things. But she would refer, you know, she would say, oh, so and so hasn't been fetched up yet. Huh. Um, but you know, at, because I think as autism parents, though, we forget that we think it's just our kid who's being socially awkward, and we forget right. that you know. Uh, and I think parents also
10: put a little too much emphasis on. Success and not enough emphasis on the process, you know that they worry that their kids not doing well or is getting made fun of but um, I think a lot of times parents place too much worry on on these things and and if They they worry too much on the outcome, you know, the outcome is going to be Independent of what you do in a way. Yeah I mean you kind of do certain things that go towards a certain outcome that you want and if you do certain things, you'll be more likely to get that outcome. But even if you do those things to, like, you know, ten people, if you, you know, maybe nine out of ten of those people wouldn't even respond favorably. But right. if one of those people wants to become your friend because of that, then I say that's a success. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many people in this world that you really don't have to worry about rejection.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely that's true. Why it's I great just, things like, to realize. I just, like,
10: don't even care. You know, a lot of people, even not on the spectrum, I think— when, so, when they get rejected or when someone says something mean to them or if someone's being mean to them, they, like, take it personally and have to, like, defend themselves yeah. or, like, they get into an argument with that person. I just sort of just, like, walk the other way and go, you know, find someone else to yeah. talk to. You know? It's just, like, not worth the time well, for me.
1: it is unreasonable to think that any of us will be liked by everyone. That's unreasonable. Well, it's, it's impossible, right? It's unreasonable. And but you it, can't control that.
10: I mean, even if it were possible, you couldn't control it. So yeah. there's no point in thinking about it.
1: I think it's a really good point. But again, I, you know, I look at you, and it's great to have you here as a reference point because to hear you say that you did, you had trouble making friends, and to hear you say it's more important to focus on the process, not the product helps me as a parent I mean
10: I'll be honest you know there were times where I got really frustrated and and wondered if I was doing something wrong and and just got really self-conscious but I but but you you made it through you know yeah but nine times out of ten I didn't feel that way or even five times out of ten I didn't feel that way way and I think that when you're not feeling self-conscious and you're feeling comfortable you're gonna actually make friends more likely
1: yeah but my question for you always is did you have that level of perseverance, Alex, because that's who you are? Or was it partially because your parents instilled that in you? I, I think it's more that I didn't have any friends. And
10: when you really want to have friends, I think you do whatever it takes to make okay. friends. If if you feel like you're okay with where you are and you don't feel the need to make friends, then you're already happy enough that you don't need to do that. Yeah, You know what I mean? I, mean, I even do. If it, even if you, I think that there's one thing where there's, going to be frustration and if you feel that frustration and you're not able to work through it then maybe you need to you know talk to someone who can help you go through it like a therapist or a coach or someone yeah, and I or and even I have met as someone older who's on the spectrum who's been through the same thing, yeah. it's a mentor type situation.
1: And I have met many adults on the spectrum who say I've reached the point where I don't want a friend. I've reached the point where I'm more comfortable. I'm not interested in that. That always concerns me because I say, is it because you haven't had the reinforcement of it of an actual good friend, um, or you know, have we given up too early? But there are some people who assure me, no, I've tried it. I'm just more comfortable being by myself well, now. Now, if that's the case, that. I agree. If I that's the I case, mean, and anyway, but when people are frustrated and yeah. say, "I want a friend," then I feel like we owe it to ourselves to give them every resource to help them. And I think WrongPlanet.net is a great resource for that. I mean, and even if you don't want a friend, it's
10: it's useful for job interviews that yes. you have to do. And there there are certain yeah. things that you have to do. These things, and you Absolutely. have to engage in these social conventions. Absolutely. And if you don't, it's going to result in you not getting ahead as much in life right. just in general
1: right I there mean, will be things that you won't have access to like more money and other things like that not that money is the be all end all but having a roof over your head is really nice in a windstorm
10: well, i'd say that money is one of the more important things
1: right i think every you know people because have without, different without, without without any criteria
10: money, um what are you gonna do
1: well it's nice to be able to eat and it's nice to have a roof over your yeah, head Yeah. i mean you have to eat right Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, right? you got to have it's it. Like, so it's true. It's true. I would say that's more important that you're able to eat than to have a friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. All the friends are good in a windstorm, too. We have to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by... Um, I'm going to be having a conversation with Liz Becker from The World According to Matt, and eventually we'll be um, having Alex be a part of that conversation as well. She's a wonderful autism mom and a blogger and now an author. So stick with us. We'll be back with Liz Becker. What do you think about the prevalence of autism, the rising number of prevalence, and what are your thoughts on what this world is going to be like with so many individuals on the autism spectrum?
11: I think a lot of the increase is just increased detection on the milder spectrum, but I think there is some severe autism that's increased. Older parents having children be one factor, you know, lack of vitamins, uh, like the B vitamins prior to pregnancy. Uh, Chemical insults, uh, taking prescription drugs in the first trimester. Uh, there's a whole lot of little insults like this that can interact with susceptible genetics. I work in a technical field. And there's mild autism and Asperger's and dyslexics all over it. One of the best mill rights in the feed line industry is severe dyslexic. He's one of the best mill rights that there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that builds complicated feed mills. And, and the thing that worries me is they've taken so many of the hands-on classes out of the school, cooking, sewing, woodworking, metalworking, auto shop. There's a lot of kids that are kind of different. They make great mechanics, and we have a shortage of mechanics right now. Mm -hmm. We have a shortage of engineers. I'm getting concerned that some smart kids that are kind of different, kind of getting a handicap label. Now, where the diagnosis really makes a difference is later on in life with their relationships. Mm -hmm. And the wife is wondering why the husband is not very demonstrative and, you know, not very lovey-dovey and emotional. And this is where getting a diagnosis can really help their marriage because then the wife understands. See, that's where that that kind of, when it comes to relationships, that's where the diagnosis can really, really make a difference. I think one of the problems today is uh, sort of a more social society today. You know, the kid that was a little bit not too social before, he'd be out there in the auto mechanic shop, getting along great with the shop teacher. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm in a weird situation where I walk back and forth between the autism world and, and the sort of metalworking and cattle working kind of world.
1: And oh, there's farmers that I know that are on the spectrum. And they're doing great in farming. So maybe it's not that they're not be, they're, these kids actually do have a diagnosis then, but it,
11: maybe the prevalence was there before? Well, I think on the mild end, I think the prevalence was probably there. But I think there's severe autism that has increased. Mm-hmm. There's way too much sugar in the diet. We also have an omega-3 deficient diet mm-hmm. in this country. Uh, we're not getting enough omega 3s. I think um, let's look at go back to the alternative things fish oil supplements, some of the B vitamins, mm-hmm. and lots of exercise. Kids are eating way too much sugar, and kids are not just getting enough activity. Mm-hmm. You know, mother used to say to me, Go outside and run the energy out of you. Well, and kids aren't doing that today. So that makes the ADHD worse.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. All this month of January, we're featuring, we're calling it our blog, A-Rama, A-U-Rama, uh, where we're featuring all kinds of autism blogs. And we wanted to start that off with a bang. So we've got one of our favorite guests, Liz Becker, is joining us via Skype. And she is an amazing blogger, an autism mom, and now an author. So Liz, welcome back to Autism Live.
12: Thank you for having me, Shannon. I'm happy to be here
1: again. Well, it's our treat. I was saying before, I don't know if you heard, that you are one of those amazing people. You are a pioneer. Um, Your son, Matt, was diagnosed with autism at what year?
12: 1988.
1: Yeah. So you, you are somebody who has blazed a trail that we're all following behind you. You've done such a remarkable job and we all respect and admire you so much. And you've got a blog. Tell us about the world according to Matt. Well,
12: um, actually it's a full website. It it does have blog features on there where I have a lot of my stories listed, Um, but it's a Also a website which has a lot of other things on there, too, like what's in the news. Um, It has uh, things about Matt and photographs. It's kind of an all-purpose website
1: (laughs) Making it bigger and bigger. I can't help myself. (laughs) No, it's a wonderful resource, and thank you for pointing that out because there is, you know, there's a blog, but there's ever so much more than that. And now, very exciting, there is a book. Tell us about the book, The World According to Matt
12: the book just came out the day after Christmas and it's got 50 of my favorite
1: stories and my
12: stories are inspirational stories to help parents to view autism and their especially their child in a different light and it was received very well I wasn't I was pretty surprised to see how well it did right off the bat so um, it's available on Amazon as an ebook, and now I'm
1: looking at it thinking, why didn't I put a hardcover out? <laughs> well, it's never too late. It's never too late to do that, but uh, a wonderful book. I'm reading it and loving it, and I, w- well, I want to encourage everybody to read The World According to Matt, and you can find it on Amazon.com. And Liz, you've got some pretty exciting news about what's going on with Matt, but tell us quickly, what, how old is Matt now, and give us a little bit of background about Matt and what he's like.
12: Well, today is Matt's 28th birthday.
1: Amazing.
12: He's 28 years old. He had regressive autism, and it began just right before his second birthday. So we've been doing this for 26 years now, that on the He is moderate to severe. Um, the only reason that they don't just say severe is because he doesn't harm himself. But otherwise, his autism is pretty far on the spectrum. He's mostly nonverbal. He can speak, but he chooses not to a lot. And when he does speak, sometimes he gets his words mixed up or backwards kind of thing. Um, The the prognosis for this was, you know, you will will need to institutionalize him and, and you're not going to be able to handle it. And right now, Matt is living in his own place. He's dependent. He's got an apartment. Actually, we are Skyping from Matt's apartment.
1: Uh, you know, I just got chills, Liz, because we've been following on the blog, and, and as, as you've gotten ready to, and uh, you know, move him into his own apartment, have him move into his own apartment, it's really a remarkable story, and again, we want to encourage people to go to your website, it is The World According to Matt, and to read the book, The World According to Matt. We're going to continue to talk to, to Liz, and we're going to let Alex Plank jump into the conversation, too, and you can ask questions of Liz. But we're going to take a quick break and be back after these messages.
4: Hello fellow activists. Last week I introduced you to step five of the 10 steps to empowerment, shore up spiritually. Let's talk more about finding ways to do that. How to find out what lifts your spirit, feeds your soul and make it a practice. That practice is different things for different people. It could be the practice of meditation, of prayer, of community worship, or serving others, but it's the practice that will give you hope and faith and strength for the journey ahead, for the marathon journey of raising a child with autism. I get inspired every day by the families of children with autism that I come into contact with, like the parents of the nonverbal child who have not given up hope that that child will speak one day. Or the grandparents who should be enjoying their retirement but instead are joyfully raising their adult grandchild with autism. Or the mother who is fighting for services for her daughter while her marine husband is fighting a battle to keep our country safe. They all inspire me. My grandmother, Diddy, who is an angel who still guides me every day, had this quote inscribed in her Bible. I sought my soul, but my soul I could not see. I sought my God, but my God eluded me. I sought my brother, and I found all three. I think I'm finally starting to grasp the meaning of that. So feed your soul, lift your spirit, and until next time, keep the faith.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. We have in the studio with us, Alex Plank from wrongplanet.net. And via Skype, we have Liz Becker, who is uh, an author. She is a a wonderful autism mom. She's got a website, The World According to Matt, and there is a blog there. And she has also written a book, The World According to Matt, that you can get on um, amazon.com. So Liz, welcome back. And Alex is here too. And we've got some questions for you. Uh, before How the break, uh, I should let you talk. Um Before the break, Liz was saying that today is Matt's twenty eighth birthday, so of course we have to stop for a second and say happy birthday to Matt. Uh, but you also mentioned that you are skyping live from Matt's very own apartment that he just recently got his own apartment. So I know I I was just saying during the break that last night I was saying to my husband I hope um, that. I hope that I can be as good of a mom as you are. The, the way you have been able to let Matt uh, have his life and, and not be afraid is inspirational to me, Liz, I have to say.
0: Yeah.
12: Thank you very much. I think Matt's a very brave person. I, his, his courage drives me. That's, we feed off each
1: other pretty well. And he wanted his own apartment, right?
12: Very, very much. Very much. Ed age 19, after he graduated from high school, he watched his siblings move away, and he thought that, you know, that was time for him to move away, and he packed a uh, backpack and started heading for the door.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you said to him, there's some steps first, (laughs) there's some things we have to take care of. So it's been, uh, you know, a few years, and there were some steps in the process. What was the biggest thing to overcome, do you think, Liz?
12: Uh, the movers well, there's, there's quite a bit he had to be able to take care of himself um, just normal everyday things like make, being able to feed uh, cook uh, take care of his own laundry be responsible answer a telephone um, answer a door you know when somebody knocked at the door he there were uh, shop for himself kind of things be able to use his bank account without going over we, there was a lot of things we made a list and you know, I, after I calmed him back down, we went. We made a list. I said, "Okay, these are the things that you're going to have to be able to do if you want your own place." I right. Started kicking it into high gear that day. Amazing.
10: Uh, is he working, or does he have a job, or is he looking for one? No,
12: and, and uh, a lot of people ask me that, but I don't think the job finds him. It, you, you have to remember, he's severe on the severe side of autism, and very few people ever meet. A severe autistic person. Um, he's very emotionally fragile. And for somebody to treat him badly would make him revert inside himself almost immediately. And to prevent that from taking place, it's basically a matter of keeping him away from negative people, and that's hard to do in this world.
1: Yeah, it really is. But you know, Liz, I, I, I'm so struck by the fact, and, I, and I'm so glad that you're here to educate us, because um, when you talk about somebody being severe, I get a mental picture in my head. And you mentioned before that he's not considered severe because he isn't self-injurious, um, but I don't picture somebody who's moderate to severe being able to do their own bank account and being able to do their own laundry and being able to graduate from high school. So I, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about this so that you can help to educate all of us about what's possible.
12: It takes a long time and a lot of patience, but it can be done. It's a slow process. And as long as you're not in a hurry and just let them take you at their pace, it goes a lot smoother, yeah you know, i I let Matt direct me as to what he can do, and when I see that he's he can be pushed a little bit, I will push a little bit, but I don't push real hard on anything. I let him direct the traffic kind of thing to he to he needs to educate me so and he knows that, so we're really good in the communication department and he, he, he reads my body language really well and I read his and, and we use that information to decide okay how far can we go with whatever we're doing.
1: Can really remarkable. This? That's great.
10: Now do you do you ever worry that it might not work out with the own apartment or are there any fears that you have and how, how far how has it been working so far?
12: You're is the all the what ifs that always pop up. um, What if do this? What if somebody hurts him? That, That always goes through a person's mind. But I'm not gonna let the fear
1: we're losing you for just a second i wasn't sure if it was just my earpiece or not but we're losing you for just a second um so we're gonna we're gonna see if we can't get a stronger signal um and uh, should we take a break emily and come back okay yep i can okay uh sorry we're just i can hear her as- now. now now i can hear oh, her too oh, that's good um so you were talking about some of the things that you were concerned about my thought was thinking about if 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 um, since he is largely nonverbal, in an emergency, what is the contingency? What's the plan, Liz? Uh,
12: an emergency for him is his cell phone. He knows okay. how to call me, he knows how to call um, his stepdad, Tom, and his, lar- his big brother, Christopher. He's got, we've practiced. Okay. He knows what to do in an emergency, and he knows how to call 911. So we have gone through those those types of what ifs. My biggest fear for him is that he does not respond to pain or illness very well. Uh So right now we call him four times a day. Um, I talk to him on the phone because I can hear in his voice if something's wrong. And as long as he answers the phone the way uh, that I'm used to hearing, I know that he's okay. It's a little inflections in the voice that would tell me that something's up and I need to check on him.
1: Yeah. Liz, I just think that you're remarkable, and I, I don't want to leave this conversation, but and I, and I one of the things I want to talk about, too, I, I posted a blog the other day about the state of the state of autism, and, uh, and I, I outlined three things that I wanted to see happen. One, that we get a federal mandate for all kids to get access to help and support and services, that we give our individuals who are on the spectrum more of a voice in everything that we do, um, and that we work to find uh, the ability to find jobs, and that we start with teenagers so that the job market is a little bit different. And you wrote in on the blog, and, and you said, but your concern, and rightly so, is that sometimes our adults that are on the spectrum aren't verbal and and that their voice needs to be their parents. And it was a little, it was almost like a discussion between yourself because you quoted uh, a statistic first that 60% of the adults were nonverbal. And then you said, you know what, I'm going to go back and check on this and tell us what you found when you went back and checked on that statistic. I
12: found that it had changed quite a bit over the last couple of years. The new statistic on that is that the nonverbal is down to 25%. And that's massive. Um, that means that early intervention is working, awareness is working, that the people that are getting into the field of working with autistic people, this is working. Yeah. So but the statistic down to 25%, that's that's tremendous.
1: I have to say, I just loved it. Be- before I got a chance to respond, you had written the first one, and then you said, you know what, let me go check that. And then before I got a chance to respond, you had written back and said, no, I-, I found out it's 25%, and I'm so encouraged by that. And I just, it just pointed out for me how remarkable you are that as a person that you, you know, you had a statistic that used to be 100% right, and you said, I'm going to check this, and, and and how encouraged you were by it. I just, I just think that you're remarkable is... Very much. Yes. I'm, I'm a big fan um, and we thank you so much for being here we're so excited for you so excited for Matt and and so excited to have you as a trailblazer whose, you know footsteps I can follow in and that the rest of us can follow in. thank you for all that you do thank you very much Shannon thank and, you for and me you, all- you wish him a happy birthday from us happy okay? birthday I will okay and and we love that apartment That apartment looks looks so stylish, doesn't it?
10: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking that maybe she would pick like the best part and just sat there. (laughs) But I bet you that the rest looks even better. Does
1: it? Does the rest of it look as good as that? It does. I I believe it too. Well, congratulations to all of you. And keep in touch with us, okay? All right. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye. We are going to take a break and go to the A word, and then we're going to come back. Are you going to stay with us or you got to go? You got a motor? Uh, As long as I don't get... I mean as long as I don't get uh, are we still on live We're we're still on live yeah, at this as moment. long as I don't get towed like Oh that. no you're not going to get towed I won't let you get towed right. it won't happen All right uh, we're going to be back after the after watching the A word this is the ongoing documentary that's being made by the Center for Autism and Related Disorders following a little boy Jack Riley as he begins his early intensive behavioral intervention We're back at the beginning of the series this little boy is only 2 years old so take a look at how they start to intervene.
3: Hey, can I have a hand? If everybody's agreed and held hands that early intervention is key, then I can't I can't imagine why if the original center knew on November second that they didn't speak or make much noise at all during the evaluation. They knew that on that day. I, I can't comprehend for the life of me why would we even take a month to start speech therapy. That doesn't make any sense to me. The waiting's hard. The waiting's really hard. We read things about how the brain is so much more valuable the younger they are. You know, every day that ticks by just seems like a waste of time. You know, you go on the websites and you read all these things and and there's kind of a club, I think, of moms who call themselves autism warriors. And I hated that word when I first read it. I hated it. I still do. Because I don't
4: yeah,
0: you know, there's a lot of things I wanted to fight for, but I didn't really have to fight for. Him. Yeah. It's okay, man. We're lucky enough he sprints to mom.
3: Okay, this is how my son reacts to me coming home. Oh, Jack Riley. Hi! Mommy's home! My cat. Mommy's home! Hello!
0: When he sprints to me, when I get home, and, uh, And he he kisses you and hugs you. Where's my
7: son?
3: One of the first people that I told when we got the diagnosis was a good friend of mine who knew somebody who had uh, an adopted son who has autism and had not only fought the fight. I mean, talk about autism warrior. This woman founded a whole foundation and was extremely active and extremely knowledgeable. And my friend put me on the phone with her. She was the one who turned me on to both AVA and to CARD, and to tell me how valuable it was, and we're very grateful for because yes. we, we realized that had we not been given information, we never would have known. The original center would not have recommended that for us, so it, it, it required us to really, really push to get what we wanted. And I didn't know even until I asked the question if I had a choice. Uh, this was great advice. Don't ever feel at, that you're at the mercy of the Regional Center because they're paying for your services. She told me, you're paying for your services. They're using tax money to do this and you've paid taxes. Intake a card was actually a much more pleasant experience than the Regional Center evaluation. I think in part because we'd been through it once and, and it wasn't as scary for us. It was a good experience for us because we felt like our son was himself. He had all the same things going on as far as autism is concerned, but he was still bright and happy and affectionate. I felt like he showed them both his, his good sides and, and the sides that he needs to work on. So for us it felt good because we felt like at least people were seeing what we see. I felt maybe for the first time that they got it that it's like, okay, uh, he, he is this way, this is what he's got going on, but we, we can make this better. At first it was exhausting to think that every single thing was a teaching moment that every single thing that he did, and I know that, you know, I would say something to him, and he'd be like, really? Can we just feed him? Can yeah. we just feed him dinner? and We don't have to worry about it. But now even that's not as exhausting, because it's sort of starting to become more natural for us, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't feel as awful.
0: But well, I remember feeling guilty just for being with him all day, and then... You know, just sort of sneak the TV on to Sports Center in the afternoon, and he's playing with his Legos, and I just back up and lean against the sofa with him between my feet. But I wasn't really watching him. I would just try to watch Sports Center for a few minutes, and then I'd always feel guilty and, and uh, try to get over that. <laughs> so, no more guilt. I think we're teammates. Um, that's the the best thing. Is I feel like she's on my side. I'm on her side
3: we sort of, uh, we've been lucky that my weak moments are his strong moments.
0: Well, on a personal note, is the camera still on? It is. On a personal note, um, I would be lost. Um, she she really dove in, and I mean, I've Googled autism, and I still don't understand it until she explains it to me. It's um, scary because I don't really understand it. Well, that's the point, but she, she dives to the next step, um, and I'm just tr- starting to understand the last step, and she's trying to explain the next step. And um, I told her last night I would be lost if she wasn't doing that, because I, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I could. Sometimes I'm reading these things, and and uh, it just floats over me because I'm. I go numb again reading it. Well,
3: I think. It, 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 fairness I, I think one one person in each family has to take that role because yeah. I don't think you can both drive I think there's always somebody in every family who just takes takes that role yeah.
0: if somebody takes charge take a back seat <laughs> that's that's the moral ass I that
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. That was, of course, The A Word, an amazing ongoing documentary, and what you just saw was one of the, it was the, really the second in the series. So the family is, you know, just finding their feet. We encourage you to go to their YouTube page, watch, watch the entire series, or watch it different places as they pertain to what you're trying to do in your home. It really, there are over two years of episodes now, so you really can see an arc from when this child started therapy to where he is now. And, of course, I've told you that one of my folks is this year talking about—that uh, we want to talk about a lot, that we're going to talk about, is the difference between ABA and quality ABA, that I'm seeing more and more the discussion that um, there are some very— uh, Bad old ideas about ABA, and some people who are doing some bad old ABA, and we want to make sure that everybody gets information about what quality ABA should look like. If you watch the A word, you'll see what it should look like. Um, that this is what we're fighting for, not that old idea of ABA this newer idea of ABA so I hope that you'll watch and tune in and watch that now um back to us being here in the studio we are here with Alex Plank who is the founder and creator of wrongplanet.net and thrilled to have Alex with us somebody had written in a question um that for teaching executive function skills what's the best academic planner we can use to copy assignments and I said to Alex I wanted to talk with him about this a little bit because um you know, there there are uh, my my son's school and a lot of schools on the first day of school because he's still in elementary school. They give to the kids uh, a planner, and it is a spiral notebook that basically is a day planner kind of thing. Um, you can fill in the dates on things or weeks. It has Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you can put the date in there. And it has a block a square with lines in it so they can write down their assignments that they can track things and it you know it's functional the spiral comes undone and once a week I have to redo the spiral and I practically lose my mind when I do it and it doesn't give a big enough space for him to write everything, and it's a little frustrating. One of the things that we did last year for his birthday, he turned 10, and I would never have believed that I would do this, but we got him an iPhone for his 10th birthday because it was my hope that we could start to begin to teach him how to, in the notes section on his iPad, write down what the assignments. Now, the school really doesn't want him to take the i he has it at school but he's not allowed to have it out
10: that doesn't make any sense if that's his uh...
1: well I can ask for it in his IEP this year yeah, should do that. Um, uh, but I wanted to talk with Alex a little bit about because during the break I was saying is there a planner that you recommend and you were very adamant about we should be doing these things where
10: we well, should have an iPad some sort of tablet or, or, or you know smartphone uh, for young kids, too, I, I just think it's ridiculous that you would think that these schools are teaching them to use something that's not going to be used when they're right. adults. I mean, by the time that they graduate, I mean, there's no one's going to—right now, in the, no one uses paper, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's still used, but— It's antiquated. It, it's, it's— It's
1: on its, it's way out, using yeah, paper. It's,
10: it's kind of ridiculous, I think. It's it's kind of like teaching you, that you have to—instead of, you know, if to get your license, you have to, like, Learn how to, you know, do a horse and carriage. Right, and, and that they don't, and that they don't allow cars. You know, they don't allow, you know, kids to learn on cars. Right, that you have to do a horse and carriage, That's and that now. you just have to figure out the car thing on your own. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just makes no sense.
1: I do, but I will tell you that, you know, I'm a former teacher. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the teachers who are teaching right now have been out of school for more than six years because mm-hmm. the younger teachers, almost all of them lost their jobs in this most recent wave of laying people off. Mm-hmm. Um, so the vast majority of teachers are they're at least six years out of technology that would be used in a college. And I know coming b- back to the work situation here after being out for six years when we were mm-hmm. five years when we were working intensively on autism. Things had changed significantly in terms of what... And everybody here on the staff, when I say, you know, print this document out because I need to use it here, they get a little with me and say, we're, you know, that's a whole lot of paper. Can't you just read it off of the, you know, you've got two monitors here, why why do you need it paper? Um, and they really push for me to to not use paper. I come from a generation where we used a lot of paper. I'm, I mm-hmm. like to be ecologically sound and, and not waste paper. but. I'm I'm used to the paper and pen and I see that my son's school and other people's schools are used to the paper and pen. Well,
10: I think I think it's it's not it's not really about the ecological part of it, which obviously, you know, it's it's better for the environment, but I don't really care. You know, like as far as I'm concerned in this situation, the reason that the kids need to be using it is because that's what they're going to be using in the workforce. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point you have iPads being used in point of sale being used in everything. Yes. I mean, if they're going to even be a waiter, they're going to have to know how to use an iPad. Right. So—and they're not going to be writing down on paper what the orders are. Right. There's no paper involved. Yeah. You know, the receipts are emailed to people.
1: Right. You're absolutely right. And I and I, I love your sort of exasperation about it because it's like this is this is the world that we live in. I, I got into a discussion a couple of years ago um, with somebody at one of my son's IEPs because their big concern that they had was and i believe me, I'm concerned about it, too. My son's handwriting is atrocious. It's so much better this year. Why does that matter if no one writes? with their Well, hands?
10: Is, I mean, I don't know, this remember was, the last time I wrote with my hands the this, only time I ever wrote. I
1: know when you wrote I, I, I sat next to you when we were doing the grants and you and I remember you saying we're having to write this out with our hands like you know and you said I feel like I'm in third grade or something again it was really interesting yeah. when we did the grants for autism speaks but um, I I said I, you know I they were concerned about his handwriting and I said please understand that I'm concerned too but Cool. In the next grade, we move on to computers. You know what? Well, his though, cursive is okay; it's they just they said that writing. I had
10: bad handwriting, so they just put it in my IP to give me a laptop, right? And use a laptop in school. And this was in like third grade, right? Or and something. It, like, and it is,
1: school. it is in my son's IP to use something. his laptop, um, but having it, having access to a printer is sometimes confounding, um, but we were having this discussion and and, the, and one of the people at the IEP said that's fine and you can give him a laptop but he still has to be able to functionally write in a way that the rest of us can see because 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 and one one of her arguments was for the standardized testing which we know this year it's all going to be on computer from now on so that and I had said we're going that way mm-hmm. and the other thing that she said to me and this is when I realized okay we're talking about two different realities she said what about when he has to fill out a job application and I said okay first of all when you Fill out a job application now. It is on the computer. Even if you go to Walmart or Target, they have a kiosk. They have computers
10: there. Like you sit and fill it
1: out. You don't fill out a paper anymore. But then I also I got a little uppity with her and I said my son is brilliant and is going to get a scholarship to MIT. He's not going to need to fill out a paper uh, (laughs) uh, job application, which was not nice. (coughs) But. In any case, but, you know, so I know it's a little frustrating to me too, but there are a lot of people out there who um, still haven't made the leap and haven't seen the future. And unfortunately, a lot of them are teaching in elementary schools. Uh, And elementary schools don't, all of them don't have computers yet. It's a reality.
10: We're, I mean... Is that really true, that they don't have computers at these schools?
1: It's really true. I mean, everybody is making the push for, but every school does not have a computer for every child. It's just so cheap. The vast majority. You know, I
10: mean, it's, if you if you can, they buy all these textbooks that cost, like, all, when you add them up, when you can buy the same textbook in an e- e- e-book format for significantly cheaper. I... Listen, but
1: look at what's been happening in L.A. Unified schools. They were going to roll out and give an iPad to every single student. That didn't work because some of them came up missing. So then they're doing a study now where they're going to give half the kids uh, iPads and half laptops, trying to figure out which is better, the tablet or a laptop. Um, I mean, a
13: laptop's
10: better for typing.
1: Right. But, you know, uh, in terms of— they were loading the textbooks onto the iPads, but the kids had, apparently, in a couple of cases, hacked into the iPads and were using them for different things, not just for school assignments. There are some measures. I don't think that—I don't think that we've caught up with what we need to do in order to make it possible for every single student to have access to something like that, unfortunately. Well, I mean, what—why does it matter if they're—what are they, playing games on it? I mean,
10: I, mean, I had a Palm—I yeah. had a Palm Pilot back in, in middle in school. In the day? Yeah. And and uh, you know there was a game on there. Uh-huh. There were games on there, and other kids had Palm Pilots, and we played games. It's like yeah. but we still used it to like know when the assignments were due. In fact, right. that made us
1: like it more
10: and right. like, be even more likely to keep it.
1: I think we have to go in that direction, but again, every school district can't afford it. Well, I mean, it's already
10: we're already in that direction. I mean, anyone who's not doing that is behind the times. Right? Yes, and, and and to and any sort of excuses to like why it's like they can't do it is is just. Them rationalizing the fact that they are behind the times and that they're they're these kids are are being left in the dust. I mean it's. It's really. I
1: agree with you. And our we're, our phrase for today was IEP, and we were talking about the kinds of things that you can request in the IEP. And we certainly, you can request technology, assistive technology in your IEP. And once it's there, then it's a legal right that your child has yeah. to be able to use a keyboard, uh, to be able for to— for everything. To for everything. For everything. Test taking, is... everything. Um, you know, I will tell you that my I find that the reality of it is infinitely harder than getting it written into the IEP, Make, because you know, then the printer breaks down one day, and I mean, they and they don't have to the this, ability. They can they email they don't,
10: to this, the teacher.
1: R- See, no, but I'm, I'm talking answers, about at though. school, yeah. you know, my son will be there, they'll do an assignment, and he's done his on the computer, the rest of the kids did it on paper and pen, and then they go to print it, and he can't print. So, you know, we get behind a day or two, it, 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 become, it can be frustrating Why sometimes. do they need
10: to print it? why can't he just email it to the teacher and they'd be done with it i mean it's if
1: well and i i, I can't remember I, what it was exactly that there was something he told me there was something that you know to print like you have to make it a make a board with something so i think they have to print it for that that it, it can get in the way sometimes mm-hmm. uh, technology if it's not working all properly it, it can be you know uh,
10: so so every printer in the entire school is broken <laughs> No,
1: but the ones that his computer is tied up to. That's only happened like once or twice, but I'm just telling you the reality of it sometimes feels like a wall that... I have See, to scale. This is this is why I think that that that
10: this is an issue that these schools they're clearly the people running these schools the technology department must like have something like like it must there must be some sort of disconnect they must not know how to use technology because when I was in school I could print to any printer in the entire school from from a computer connected to the really? Yes, of course you could you could go on the network and find the network con- printers and print to any single one. You know and and now it's even easier because there's more technologies to make it easy like apple has something called airprint and like yeah. google has something where you can print and all of these yeah. can you can print from a phone to any printer out of the box
1: but i would also tell you that when you were going to school there was much more money for education than there is now the uh, uh, you know everybody's all the schools are bankrupt and there's very few i don't think there is a technology person at my son's school. I don't think there's a technology department. Um, I'll check into that. I mean, there has to be because
10: are... they have computers in the classrooms.
1: Yeah, but there's one network. for the district, but not for the school. So when they want to, when they want to say we need to fix something, uh, I don't think it's somebody who's on campus who comes to fix it. It's somebody who has to come from a central location to the different schools. So you might have to wait a day. Um, I, think but, I mean, just that, the that's the reality. I mean that
10: why would what would they need to fix i mean if, if maybe one printer breaks physically mechanically but yeah. like all the other printers should still work you know and
1: i'm not a technology person so i yeah. you know I, i'm here in the office and on a regular basis i i go printer's not working you know it's flashing I think it's important somebody for, help for
10: parents me. to to push okay. to make sure yeah. and to realize that that there's no excuse i and that you know, this I is the kind of that. excuse that they they give out when I mean, they don't know what they're doing. They're just making up an excuse, you know, to not have to implement this IEP.
1: I don't think yeah. that, I will say this. I don't think that, I, I, and I know when I work here, there are days when I go to print and the printer's not working and I have to wait for somebody because I don't have the ability. Your generation, you guys know how to push, you know, probably my son could do it much easier than I can because you guys were born to these kinds of things that, you know, they existed for you. When I was born, there was no printer. <laughs> There was no printer, uh, you know what I mean. So for me, a printer didn't come into an existence until I was in college. Uh, we had mimeographs I know these are like archaic you could go to a museum and see things like this but I'm saying to you so we it's, it's a whole other language to learn for us we weren't born to it um, so I don't think that it's that they're deliberately trying to not do the IP. I think they're trying to the best of their ability with some old equipment and not enough funding
10: I mean it's, you know, it's, it's surprising that they wouldn't have to be required to undergo training you
1: know? Well, they have to, you know, but if I had my choice of sending them to go to get training for how to fix the printer or how to deal with challenging behavior, I would send them to the challenging behavior training, right? And you only have a certain number. The teachers are being furloughed because there's not enough money to pay them on a regular basis for all the hours they used to work. It's bad right now with with the economy. Um, But the i agree with you that the the computers at some point have to become a priority because otherwise our kids will be left in the dust we have to take a break in any case so let's take a break and then we'll come back for one more segment with the fabulous alex plank stick with us
6: Hi, I'm Bryce Myler and I'm the Contracts Director for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. I've been here for about five years. CARD has several employees with many years of insurance experience uh, dealing with insurance, dealing with pre-authorizations, dealing with discovering whether there's coverage or not. So we have more experience than any ABA provider that I've ever come across. So for, for a prospective client, somebody that may be interested in you know ABA therapy and what CARD has to offer, We have a special 800 number um, and you call that number, they will talk to you about what we have to offer, uh, how ABA works, they'll ask you for the front and back of your ID card and then we check to see if you do or do not have coverage. If you have coverage for ABA therapy, we try to do whatever we can to set it up where we can bill for you and you don't have to fight with the insurance company every month to get your claims paid. For California residents we recently did a series of insurance trainings all over the state and you can click on the link below to watch pretty much the full presentation. It has a lot of information how you can get your insurance company to to comply with what they're supposed to do, uh, understanding the networks and many other um, valuable pieces of information.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. Alex and I were just talking during the break because, you know, we're both very concerned about what's happening in schools and what the technology is. And, and this is devastating news to you. And I see that it's devastating news to you. And I was just saying to Alex, if you think about it, you know, when you went to school, I mean, it's been you've been out of school for over 10 years, right? Out, right. Of, out of, you know, uh, you would have graduated high school te- like 10 years ago, right? Around there yeah he's doing the math less than 10 years ago okay but you know uh, how old are you now
10: 27.
1: Okay, So it's almost. So in this year, maybe it'll be the 10th year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when you were in junior high school, then that's like 14 years ago. So the technology that you were using then and the computers that were available in your school then, if they are still the same computers, it's way behind the time, right? In reality, they probably, in order to stay abreast of technology, they would have had to have upgraded like three times. Since—in order to stay abreast of things. My mom's a teacher,
10: and and she's always showing me all the new things that she has, and they're all computers that just came out. Like, she's like, here's the new, you know, the new Chromebook that, you know— Okay. —that I'm using for the school, and here's— But do each one of
1: her kids have one in her classroom? You know, they have carts.
10: Yes. That's what my son's school has. I mean, so there's—I think—I think there's a lot of them.
1: And there are Chromebooks on those carts?
10: You know, I don't know the specifics, but I remember yeah. there were carts when I was in school, and they were always upgrading them. I don't know what yeah. the carts always have, but there definitely are carts. Yes. I, maybe this, their school system has more funding. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I don't think that's true. I think California has a lot of funding.
1: They don't. It's a a really dire situation right now. And I know that in particular, my son's school doesn't have a whole lot of funding. Uh, I just recently found out more information about how little funding they have. And there are carts and there are smart boards, um, which is exciting that there is that level of technology. But not every classroom has a smart board and not every classroom has access to a cart. They reserve it for certain um, grades. And so there's not enough for every single child in that school to have access to a computer on a daily basis. And the computers that they have are not the most recent ones. They have little netbooks. Um, that they can they're learning how to surf the net it's not completely I mean it's backward, not like it's, but I know a lot of people who don't even have that in their The skills.
10: only difference between new and old computers is new computers are faster I mean it's I mean the older I mean a computer from 10 years ago can still connect to a wireless network and like surf well, and use the internet and, and go to the But websites.
1: there is a difference because if you stop and consider the iPad I don't I'm not aware of a single Um, iPad for a student at my son's school which is not to say that they don't have nobody has them but I'm not aware of them now that's an entirely different yeah you know for I know when we got an iPad I was like what you know I don't understand how do you use this and it took a little while just like I'm trying to learn how to use my iPhone now Um, it's a different operating system Um, at at home I'm using a Mac now as opposed to uh, you know a PC and it's a whole it's a whole different thing Um, way back when the first computer I ever used was a Mac and then I switched to a Windows platform and you know I I can see the benefit of teaching a a young student on both so that they can go back and forth and and use back and forth yeah I mean I think it
10: it really is is not—the the platform is not the issue. I think it's the technology, having a laptop at all. It really doesn't matter what it's running or wh- what it's doing. I think that, you know, if you teach a kid how to use that, then they will be able to use something else.
1: But you don't see a benefit of making sure that, that uh, they can use both?
10: No. I think having one or the other is fine. Okay. I think that's. I mean, especially. Well, certainly, the
1: fact at the least having access to one. You know, yeah, I, one is fine. Um, so it's not as. It's not.
10: Because as, if you think about it, a lot of the development right now is being done on the internet anyway. So all they have to do is open up a web browser, and everything operates the same. And that's going to change anyway. I mean, Facebook changes like every couple months. Oh, I you know. know yeah, absolutely.
1: Just when I get used to out, WordPress, know. WordPress changes everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go, where are my buttons? It's like Trader Joe's. They move things around on a regular basis, uh, which supposedly is good for us, because then we have to utilize parts of our brain that could get old and, and I guess stagnant. so, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but in any case, I don't think that every school in the country, and certainly every school in the world, they don't all have computers. And I, you know, I know that that's hard to hear. It's even harder for the teachers and for the students that are in those schools. Um, Uh, you know, but it is a reality. But I wanted to take just a second before, because I know you got to go and we've got some stuff that we have to cover as well, but um, you're getting ready for uh, a second season of The Bridge. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk just a little bit about what The Bridge is and what you're looking forward to. Sure.
10: Um, The Bridge is a show on FX about a Detective, uh, who's actually on the autism spectrum. It's uh, mm-hmm. the border between U.S. and Mexico is where all the crimes are taking place. And she... Uh, Sort of relies on me as her consultant to help her portray uh, autism authentically, and it's played by Diane Kruger.
1: Right, and so the actress, you work with the actress Mm -hmm. to help her to to give a very realistic portrayal, and it has been critically acclaimed. Her portrayal, both of this this character, um, but also uh, of the way that. A S D is being portrayed on the show because it isn't an overwhelming um <sighs> you know, what's the, what's the phrase I want? It's not as if the whole show is a is a showcase for that. It's well, a part it's of who that, this woman this is. Sort of
10: tra- yeah, that's yes. who she is.
1: Yeah. And it's being done in a very subtle and realistic way, thanks to your input yes. uh, into the show, and you are a very integral part of the show, but also, you know, you, you were, had a small role on the last At episode, the same, yeah. and we certainly are hoping to see more of you as an actor on the show. Yeah. Um so we're going to look forward to that as cool. uh, as the year goes on, and and this yeah, was a very that's, exciting that's a, venture for you to be on this. Very set.
10: exciting! It was exciting. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of uh, about this. I got to work directly with the writers and producers, and yeah. you know, be in meetings that normally you would.
1: You yeah.
10: Know, spend years working up to, but you know, I was doing this because of the fact that I'm, you know, knowledgeable of autism and also of the film industry, went to school for film, so it was a perfect fit, and I think that rarely will you find that in a right away.
1: Yeah and and what a great opportunity to have such a huge influence I mean you are already somebody who wields a great deal of influence in the autism community because of wrongplanet.net but here is an opportunity to get to a much larger audience that may not be looking for information about autism but to portray it in a way that is responsible, considerate uh, considered and intelligent which I think we all appreciate. And I
10: really appreciate the fact that they were open to having someone to do this. I mean, obviously it really made the product a lot more interesting, but a lot of times you don't want to bother with the little details like this. And I think that's what makes this show so great. And this comes out in uh, summer.
1: Yes. So Uh, really remarkable. And if you think about some of the other Um, You know, there are some great examples, I think, of where autism is being portrayed in a very responsible way. Um, But sometimes people's reaction to it, when they did that movie incredibly, what is, it's, I always mess it up, incredibly close and extremely loud something like, it was the Tom Hanks movie with uh, Sandra Bullock and um, the dad had died in the World Trade Center and the young boy was trying to find uh, something that his father had left behind for him and it was, uh, it was a book first and um, at one point, the, the little boy in the film says—somebody says to him, why are you like you are? And he says, my, my mom says that I might be on the autism spectrum, but I haven't gotten a diagnosis. Um, it's called Extremely Loud and Incredibly There we close. go. And uh, did you see it? I think so. Well, one of the criticisms um, of the film was they said, the kid is annoying. <laughs> And they said, I don't know if he's, you know, if it's because he's supposed to be on the autism spectrum, but he's annoying. And this was some of the criticism that, that came out from the film, for, for the film, and a lot of us were outraged by that. You know, it's interesting, because people watch films, and they get the, the, they take away
10: the completely wrong... Uh, I know. I just watched this amazing film, which I highly recommend, called The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. And you know, I was reading an article by someone who was... Talking about how it glorifies, you know, the uh, evil people on Wall Street who are doing drugs and and a lot of other things. You know, that's not really moral. That's not the point right. of the film. Well, I mean, the the guy is doing all that stuff, but the whole point of the film is that this is a bat. Like this, you know, this is the the evils that like you know you can sort of give into if you're in like this environment and how. You know, dangerous that is, and how like it, it ends up ultimately
1: resulting. Don't give in away anything cause we don't want to. Well, so. <laughs> we don't want to give away a plot point. It's a, but, based on a true story. That okay. Was in the news. So. Okay. Well, I didn't even know that. But interesting, yes, people do frequently walk away uh, with the wrong thing. And all I've heard about that film is how many times they use the f bomb in it. That is all I have heard about that film. Uh, is that the, it's used like three hundred and some odd times yeah. uh, in the film. Yeah. So. Uh, not one we're gonna take our children to. Uh, but in any case, all fodder for more thought, for more discussion on another day. But we thank you for being here. and we look forward love to coming, the and I hope
10: that uh, you guys enjoyed listening to me and we do. I will always. be back soon.
1: Okay, Spectacular. We'll plan on seeing you hopefully next week. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and then I'm gonna come back and answer a couple of questions that you guys have written in, and we've got a news story for you. so stick with us.
13: When Maddie was diagnosed, I'll be honest, I was very ignorant on what autism was. I knew that autism was basically something that hit boys at the age of two to three, and shut down, and sometimes you think of the typical Rain Man uh, movie. Um, And with Maddie, she was doing all the same signs and symptoms of of a typical child with Autism Spectrum Disorder.
11: Stand up.
7: didn't even acknowledge us coming into the room. Um, she had barely any eye contact. Um, she didn't interact with her sisters. She didn't really do anything. She just basically lined up her toys and that was about it. We have a team of seven volunteers, or, or eight now, with eight volunteers, including my husband and I. And I'm the team leader, and so I do all the curriculum and, and get everything ready each week.
13: Jana was downstairs until 11 o'clock at night working on curriculum going through two different textbooks and then we as a group meet on Monday nights and we would go through what the curriculum was from Jana and a lot of times we would go, how exactly do you do that? How do you sit her at the table and and do this trial base? What Skills has done for us, it's, it's taken that away from Jana trying to figure out the curriculum for one she can go down or on our, even our laptop and she can sit down and through all these questions it comes up with the different programs
7: at least for me it was a relief off my shoulders i was worried that i might be missing something um missing a curriculum that maybe she needs to know where skills they have every every possible thing your child needs to know from zero to seven they have a program for that
8: what noise
13: is
7: this Every program that we did with her I knew was specific for what she needed to learn. Because before skills it was a lot of, okay, well, is that really age appropriate for a two year old? You know, because it's not generalized. It's anywhere from zero to seven. This is what your child needs to know in most most manuals you'll find. Um, But for this, okay yep she should be learning this and no she's not four yet she doesn't need to know that yet
13: we are so fortunate that Jana was able to attend a conference put on by card that opened the door for skills and that um, there's no looking back for us
7: we started using the program in november it seemed like by january something just clicked and she has completely kind of came out of her Fog that she was in for quite
13: a while. I have never read a documented case on any child that has not benefited anything from applied behavior analysis. And uh, now with this new skills and being, you know, like the e version of ABA, I can't imagine it doing anything harmful to their child. It, it's nothing but exponential growth for us.
7: To see her now is it just blows us away and we call her our little miracle child because um, in seven months time she's just blossomed into this normal functioning child and suddenly we joke about it all the time like suddenly we have twins
13: if you're even thinking about doing it do it because the absolute worst thing you can do is do nothing at all and even if you use this program and it's just a single mom or a single dad working in the evenings with their child this program is going to benefit them It's. It's going to show you where they are, it's going to show you where they need to go, and it's going to show you what skills and how to get there. It is an online book on how to help recover your child.
1: Welcome back to Autism Live, a news story from the Autism Daily newscast today talking about insurance coverage in Colorado, uh, that there is insurance coverage uh, for—for—for autism in Colorado, but there is a gap at this moment in time. Uh, There is a gap in insurance coverage for children with autism. KOAA5 News report reported that the Division of Insurance adopted new policies following changes to the Affordable Care Act that eliminated lifetime caps for treatment. Parents have since reported that this change has dramatically reduced the amount of autism therapy be covered by insurance companies, um, and in in the this entire story, you can find it on Autism Daily Newscast. But there are some children that it's being reported that are in a week losing their funding, that that's covering the cap in a week, what would have taken 6 to 18 months before. So we want to encourage you to read the entire story on Autism Daily Newscast. And they're telling you that if you have a problem, if you are in the state of Colorado, and you are having an issue, they are recommending that you report it to the Division of Insurance. Um, That is coming directly from their communications manager, Vincent Plymel. There have put an emergency measure in for the next 120 days, that during that time the Division of Insurance said it will hold additional public hearings and conduct more studies on how therapy should be covered. But so, for 120 days, um, my understanding is that you will be able to continue getting your coverage, but you should also report your difficulties as soon as possible. You know, when these things happen, uh, when a lot of people make a lot of noise very quickly, then uh, things can change so don't take a wait-and-see attitude about this. If you feel that you are in that gap and that you're losing services in the state of Colorado, make sure that you report it to the Division of Insurance. And to read this entire article, you'll want to go to autismdailynewscast.com. We're going to take a break and come back and look at some of your answers to today's question of the day. Stick with us.
5: The Institute for Behavioral Training provides courses in applied behavior analysis for the treatment of autism. Access IBTE learning videos on the move and learn at your own pace. I'm
1: going to talk a little- intensity ibt
5: e-learning makes any location your classroom on the go so our objectives
3: for today are to really learn what is autism and
5: how is it diagnosed get professional guidance with ibt face-to-face training ibt face-to-face training courses prepare you to effectively implement aba-based interventions choose between small group and one-to-one instruction earn bcba supervision hours via one-to-one video conferencing so
3: i had a chance to review your VIP today you know what it looked really good you did a good job with that
5: ibt continuing education courses earn credit through webinars conferences article reviews and e-learning videos you can learn more at ibehavioraltraining.com ibt 360 degrees of aba training
1: Welcome back to Autism Live. You know, we encourage you to write in and ask questions and to answer questions. And our question of the day today, we asked you, if you could change one thing, what would it be? And you guys wrote in so many different things. Uh, Love other people's ignorance. Wouldn't that be great if we could change that? Somebody said, my husband's job, he works his tail off. Crazy hours, lots of driving, and still living paycheck to paycheck with no benefits. My heart goes out to you. Um, Another person who says that there was more support available and more understanding from the public, Uh, and lots of people agreeing with her. Uh, Someone else says, my reaction to others, and, you know, of course, that's something that we can work on. Uh, I love this. From Asperger's Autism and Fathers, they wrote in and said, the problem is to change one thing is to change everything. Hindsight is great but it's just that. If it had been a good idea at the time, you would have done it. Be kind to yourself. What a great message. Uh, Another person who says social work in general, because they're just out of school, learned it all on paper, and that we're all judged before you start. The system stinks. It certainly can. There are some good social workers out there who haven't lost their desire to be able to help. Uh, Another person who said people's awareness and ignorance about ASD. Absolutely, we'd all like to change that. One parent wrote in, and said that what they would change is that my son did not have autism. I want him to know and experience life in every stage. I don't want him to remain in his three- to four-year-old mind for always. I want him to date, marry, have kids, grandkids, and fuss about how a president isn't doing enough. I want him to vote. I just I just took my oldest to college yesterday, and my autistic son is 18, and that isn't going to happen for him, that scary, excited feeling of a life change. I'm not. Mad I just wish I had that wish. I'm just a little sad for him. So I don't care about other people and their ignorance today. I wish I could give my son life experiences." I'm so glad that you wrote that in, because it's good to say where you're at, right, and to acknowledge where you're at. And I would encourage you to read The World According to Matt and to reach out to Liz Becker, who talked about her, son when he was 19 who wanted to move out, but was in no way shape ready for that to happen, and all the things that she did. You know, there's a piece that comes from, as Liz said, meeting our children where they are and accepting where that is. And yes, there is some mourning sometimes and there is some frustration sometimes because we had different hopes for them. That's all part of being a parent. And we acknowledge that, and there's—you know, I would never take that away from you. You're entitled to everything that you think and feel. But that doesn't mean that it's over, and it doesn't mean that it's the whole truth, um, and that there aren't more things and that excited feeling that can't come. I am sure—I am 100 percent sure that at some point somebody said to Liz Becker, your son will never live on his own. And look at how brave and how brilliant she was in helping him to work through all of the individual steps to the point where— where he could live on his own um, and this is why I say she's an inspiration to me and she's an inspiration to all of us but I hope that and this is why we're talking about blogs this week because you know one per hearing one person talk about something sometimes doesn't do it but hearing it from the horse's mouth somebody who's been through it and been in similar shoes standing in a similar place that you've been on a similar chessboard where they felt like it was over and then they persevered knowing that somebody has gone before you and done it sometimes is all you need to get back in the game and and I really think that you and Liz would have a lot to talk about um, so I encourage you to do that and, and if you and somebody had written in a blog earlier that they're reading, that they're loving, if you have a blog that you want us to feature here on the show absolutely write in and let us know because that's what we're doing this month of January is pointing to these blogs and saying look here is somebody's story, here's somebody who's telling it in a different way, maybe you can hear it in a different way, I'll tell you it's bomb for the soul, right? Uh, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna answer uh, a question that somebody had written in on the live feature. So stick with us.
11: Dr. Doreen Grandpichet is the- Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen
1: Pichet. Dr. Pichet. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet. Dr. Doreen Grandpichet is a visionary in the field of autism, and now you get to ask her questions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on Ask Dr. Doreen. Welcome back. You were just seeing uh, an advertisement for Ask Dr. Doreen. That happens on Wednesday morning, so that will be tomorrow morning. Now, programming note for you to know, Dr. Grampuche is going to be coming in early tomorrow. We will be recording it tomorrow just before it airs. So if you have questions for Dr. Grampuche, you need to write them in tonight um, because we're going to be recording her segment just a little bit earlier because she's got a training that she needs to do during the time that we're normally live. So write in your questions this afternoon and tonight, and I will be asking them in uh, almost real time. There will be a 45-minute delay on when it gets aired here on the show. Uh, But we will have Dr. Grampochet with us tomorrow. Now, I wanted to take a second to—by the way, uh, since we're talking about tomorrow, then we'll also have Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy tomorrow. Um, And our very special guest tomorrow will be Emily Island. She is the president of Autism Society of Los Angeles, but she is also an autism advocate and an author. And um, she's taken a great deal of interest in making sure that our kids learn safety skills and our kids and our adults. And she has a great movie out called Be Safe the Movie. And we're going to be talking about some recent news stories uh, uh, where you know, harm and almost harm have come to our kids on the autism spectrum, and talking about what we can do to intervene to prevent that kind of thing from happening to our kids. I know I always say to you in life, you know, it's my belief that, you know, somebody is the lesson and it's everybody else's responsibility to learn. And I look at some of the heartache and and heartbreak of some of the parents and things that have happened to kids in the recent months, um, and... We, we don't get do-overs, right? And I and I feel for them. I can't imagine, and I, I thank God that I am not the example um, today. But I know that I have a responsibility to learn so that I'm not tomorrow. The parent who's sitting there devastated because their child didn't have the safety skills, right? So tomorrow, Emily's going to be helping Nancy and I uh to answer what we can do in some of these instances really breathtaking uh literal taking your breath away some of the things that can happen to our kids okay I wanted to answer, uh, at least for my part, and then we are going to ask one of our experts more about this, uh, probably Dr. Tarbox on Thursday. But hi, Shannon, I'm loving all the focus on quality ABA. We're really going to be focusing on that this year. But as a potential future BCBA, can you or perhaps Dr. Tarbox explain how a newly qualified BCBA is supposed to get all the experience you recommend? I wouldn't blame any parent for not wanting a newbie working with their kid but the experience has to come from somewhere and at some point a new therapist will have to take the step from shadowing a more experienced professional to going it alone I'd love to hear your thoughts on this thanks for a great show and I watch every day and learn so much keep up the good work love 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 this question because Dr. Tarbox and I were talking on the show the other day about how important when you're working um, and getting quality ABA therapy um, for autism, how important it is to have somebody who's experienced. Now, um, we'll have Dr. Tarbox talk on Thursday about what the requirements are for BCBA, but I think it's something like 1,500 hours of direct work with a uh, an individual uh, that where you're applying the rules of ABA. 1,500 hours. So it's really hard to become a BCBA and not have a a level of expertise, but here's the rub. That 1,500 hours, as I said, needs to be with individuals who are using ABA. It doesn't have to be with autism. So uh, as a parent of a child on the autism spectrum, I want to know what kind of hours the BCBA did. Did they do them with kids on the autism spectrum? Did they do them with adults on the autism spectrum? Did they do them with teenagers on the autism spectrum? Or did they do it working for a business where they were working with people who weren't on the autism spectrum and they were learning corporate ABA skills. Um, that's what I want to know. Um, and I also want to know who was supervising them, like what organization or who was supervising them, because I want to know that they were they were shadowing somebody who was doing quality ABA. One of the stories that we told last week, um, I was talking about when my son had already been getting therapy for over a year, and I was at a play date with someone, and their older son was getting ABA therapy. And the therapist decided to go home all of a sudden because the child—I cannot remember whether the child yelled at her or hit her. Um, And she said, oh, well, we're done for the day because he's just in a mood. He's in a snit, and so I'm out the door. And it really brought home for me the difference between just one of the many differences between the kind of ABA therapy that I was receiving, because if, if a therapist had done that uh, and I was getting services from CARD, uh, if a therapist had done that in my home, they would have been fired. I, I, I'm comfortable, uh, or, or at least given some sort of training, because you don't leave. You don't leave. What that teaches the child is, if I hit you or if I yell at you, I'm done for the day. Woohoo! Right. Um, so, you know, and I, and I do recall one of the things we didn't talk about with Dr. Tarbox the other day was, I do recall having a conversation with the mom a couple of days later saying, do you still have that therapist? Oh yeah. Did you talk about it in your clinic about the fact that the person left? Oh yeah. And did the supervisor not like, say, we just were really sorry, and that'll never happen again. The person was bleeding internally and had to be rushed away in an ambulance, and that's why that happened this one time, but it would never happen again. No. And it continued to happen. Now, that's not good. Um, like, that isn't even <laughs> articulate. That's, that's not ABA, and that's not. That, that's not even the quality ABA, that's not going to get the job done. And if you've got a certain amount of funding and a certain amount of time, and you have rearranged your life to make sure that your child is going to get quality ABA, you're not going to get it done with that provider. Um, and I don't even know what the name of that provider is. But this is why it's important. Now, you know... I have said before, you know, people are all often squeamish about getting a new therapist, let alone a new BCBA. Um, we always have to leave room for the fact that people have to learn, but we want to keep our kids safe while people are learning. And there are lots of great organizations out there. Uh, you know, I, I talk about CARD because that's my experience, but there are other wonderful ABA providers, and they, they all have something in common in that they have a method of bringing somebody through the ranks, so that you never just throw a therapist in with a child, and you never just throw a BCBA in without a great deal of experience. You know, for a beginning therapist, you learn first in the classroom, then you practice with each other, then you go out and you shadow somebody before you ever interact with a child. Then under the direction of a senior therapist, you begin to work with the child, and then you, you know, you gather some expertise and eventually pass a field evaluation so that you're able to work with a child. Child so that you can begin still under supervision but you're working one-on-one with the child but having regular supervision so we haven't just thrown that therapist into the deep end of the pool. You, come in, you attend regular clinics so that you can make sure that you're learning what it is that you're supposed to be learning and that you're implementing everything correctly. And all along the way, that's being overseen by a supervisor. And that supervisor sometimes has a BCBA in training shadowing them and following them and and learning and growing so that and and then eventually getting those fifteen hundred hours so by the time that person becomes a bcba they are already extremely extremely trained and adept and an expert Um, but again you know there is another path that you could get the bcba where you could become very good and and very knowledgeable about aba but know nothing about working with a child on the autism spectrum and have no experience with that. So, I think, you know, that's what we were talking about. I will have Dr. Tarbox answer it as well, but, um, you know, if somebody has had exposure to quality ABA therapy as they've been going through those hours, they should be doing a, a really superlative job. So, Emily, are we taking a break, or do you want me to just power through to the end? All the way through to the end. Okay, so I want to do a little bit of programming note here um, about, again, tomorrow, Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen Grampuche will be here, but we will be pre-taping that episode Uh, a little bit earlier, one hour earlier. So if you want your questions answered, you're going to have to write them in 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 advance. Okay, we're also going to have a really remarkable young man uh, who's gonna be with us talking about, uh, there's a new product coming out tomorrow, Camp Discovery has an update. Uh, This is a game that you can play on your iPad, does a lot of different things on the iPad. And if you are a skills subscriber, it links to your skills account and all the games that your child is playing it will track their progress so they'll be playing a game and believe me it is so fun to play uh, and they'll be enjoying it and they'll be making progress and you'll be able to track what it is that they're doing great app uh, you're going to love it. So um, Christopher Miyaki will be with us tomorrow to talk about that as well. Then we have Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Nancy Allspaugh-Jackson will be here over the weekend. Nancy and I uh, and my husband took our two boys, uh, Wyatt, Nancy's son, and our son, Jem, and we went to Knott's Berry Farm. Now, I haven't been to Knott's Berry Farm since I think our son was diagnosed. So it was really interesting. You know, I go to Disneyland quite often, although I have not been since they changed the guest assistance pass. Uh, so it was interesting to sort of see how they do it at Knott's Berry Farm and have that experience. So Nancy and I are going to talk about, you know, what we loved, what we struggled with, uh, what going to Knott's Berry Farm can be like when you've got kids on the autism spectrum. Emily posted a picture. You can see our boys hugging Snoopy. Uh, they had a good time. I will I will start the conversation there. So that's really remarkable, and it was great for us to get out with the boys and to do that. It was really a remarkable day. So Nancy and I are going to talk about that. There's a lot of news stories to cover. And, of course, we're going to have Emily Island. She's going to be talking about how we keep our kids safe. You definitely want to check out her film, Be Safe, the movie. All of the actors in the movie are individuals who are on the autism spectrum or real um, social workers and police uh, uh, officers, because there's police men and women in the film, Um, And they enact different situations that may come up and go through it and look at it from everybody's perspective, the police perspective, from the person who's on the autism spectrum. Uh, Really a remarkable film working towards keeping our kids safe. So that will be tomorrow. Then on Thursday, we have Dr. Adele Nadowski with us. We have Paul Simmons from Autism Radio is going to be with us on Thursday. And Dr. Jonathan Tarbox is going to be with us as well. And again, we're going to continue to feature bloggers from the Autism Blogosphere for our blog Rama, A-U-rama. Uh, really excited to give you that information and, and thrilled when you guys write in and say hey here's a blog I always love to be turned on to a new blog so uh, continue to do that we are listening and we're reaching out to those bloggers asking them if they'd like to come on the show uh, we're hoping that the mom who blogged recently about being on an airplane We put in a request to her to see if she'd like to be on the show as well. All right, we're out of time. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please give your kiddos a hug from me. Bye-bye for now.